taught you how to pray? You can actually, you can actually answer. That wasn't, that wasn't rhetorical. Who taught you how to pray? Parents, mom, grandparent. I learned from my parents primarily in, in, in hearing them pray and, um, and then also, also at church. And now as a parent myself, I'm trying to teach my children how to pray too. Uh, one of the things that I've found myself saying to our, our oldest um, is that prayer is uh, telling God what's on your heart. Prayer is telling God what's on your heart. But, but then, as I, as I think about my own prayer life, um, I wonder how practically helpful that advice really is. I think most of us, right, if we're really honest with ourselves, know just how hard prayer can be, how difficult. I mean, sure, just, just tell God what's on your heart is, is a great place to start. We, we break the silence with God and reach out in faith with our, with our frail words. And that's a beautiful act of faith and trust in and of itself. No question. But then over time, as we try to make prayer a regular habit, just praying what's on our heart can start to feel much harder or, or even stale. We find we, we kind of say the same things every time or we don't have new things to say and maybe the words don't as much express what's on our hearts as much. And instead of being this life-giving, nourishing conversation with God, it, it feels more like kind of awkward small talk. I'm just naming what's real and what's, what's the reality. Prayer, prayer is hard. But Jesus knew that, friends. <laughs> Jesus knew that we face this issue with prayer. And perhaps it's, it's precisely this experience which causes the disciples to ask Jesus and to say to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus doesn't just tell, just tell them to just tell God what's on your heart. Instead, he gives them actual words to say. Actual words to say and pray, because words, words matter, right? Words, words create culture. Words uh, build up or tear down, whether they're spoken, tweeted, posted. Words form sentences, which form stories, which form us and our lives. Words form the way that we think about God, the way that we talk about God, the way that we talk to God, the way God reveals God's self to us. They mediate the presence of God. It means the Gospel of John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That Word is Jesus. So one of my Divinity School professors uh, said, Jesus walked the talk of God. That means when Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them to pray, Jesus, of course, does so in a way that shows that prayer is words. Yes, but not just merely words. Prayer is a way of life, a way of being in the world and in relationship with God. What we pray each week when we pray the Lord's Prayer should not be something we get halfway through before we realize what we're praying and then it's already over. It's a prayer 
that teaches us how to orient ourselves in the world and in relationship with God. Each, each phrase of the Lord's Prayer is like a suitcase of meaning to unpack, to put on, and then most importantly, to live in. So over the next six weeks, that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to ask Jesus to teach us how to pray. And then we're going to unpack a phrase of the Lord's Prayer. And it's my great hope that, that as, we, as we do so, we will grow in our relationship with God. We'll come to, uh, to come to see the connection, the deep connection between what we pray and how we live. And that our own prayers and our own prayer life might actually become more profound and, and meaningful. That's my hope. And so today, friends, we begin with our Father who art in heaven. Let's pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, transform us, so that we might live for you, bear fruit for your kingdom. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, two, two scriptures this morning um, from the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, um, as we see two accounts of Jesus when he is teaching his disciples how to pray. First from Matthew, uh, from Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 7. Jesus says, when you pray, don't pour out a flood of empty words as the Gentiles do. They think that by saying many words, they'll be heard. Don't be like them, because your Father knows what you need before you ask. Pray like this, our Father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom so that your will is done on earth as it's done in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us for the ways we have wronged you just as we also forgive those who have wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And then turning over to Luke's gospel, the 11th chapter. Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Jesus told them, when you pray, say, Father, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who has wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, you know, there's something really special really special when your child learns to say your name. I, I, don't mean, I don't mean your actual name. I mean who you are to them. Mama, Dada, right? Each and every occasion, one of my boys uh, called me Dada for the first time, just about made my heart burst. <clears throat> not, not just because it meant like they were growing up and developing, though they were. I mean, dad, dad, and mom are usually some of the first words that a child learns, learns to say. But because for the first time they articulated in words our relationship. Our relationship. In calling me dada, they confessed that our relationship was special and different. It had a name. And so it's no accident, right, that Jesus begins teaching his disciples and us how to pray by saying, Our Father, in Aramaic, Abba, or Dada. <laughs> because prayer doesn't start with us. Prayer doesn't start with our petitions. It doesn't even start with our cry for help. 
but by naming the God to whom we pray. Right away, like a child learning to say, ah, ah, like a child learning to say, mama or dada, Jesus shows us how to confess and name our relationship with the God to whom we pray. Our Father. The God of the universe, the God who made heavens and and the earth, the God whose love stretches to the heavens, whose faithfulness reaches to the clouds, the God whose throne is built upon justice and righteousness, the God who rules all creation, the God who defeated death, all-powerful, all-glorious, all-knowing, all-loving, without beginning and end, and on and on. We confess that this God is our Father. We're naming an intimate relationship and the one who is the foundation for everything else, we pray. God's kingdom coming. Our need for daily bread. Forgiveness for our sin. Deliverance from temptation. All of them rest upon God and the relationship we name when we say, Our Father. You know, God is known by a lot of names. Um, names in the ancient world were important. I mean, names are important now, but even more so back then because they revealed, uh, the person's name and the meaning of their name revealed a central aspect of one's character. In the Old Testament, God is called Elohim. In the beginning, when Elohim created the heavens and the earth, this is God as creator. God is called El Shaddai. I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. I will make my covenant between uh, me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. This is God with Abraham, right? This is God's almighty sufficiency. God is called Jehovah Jireh, or the Lord will provide. God is called Adonai. Give thanks to Adonai, for his name is good. His love endures forever. Does that sound familiar from the Psalms, right? This is God as Lord or Sovereign. And God, of course, God reveals God's self to Moses in the burning bush as Yahweh. Or I am who I am, I will be who I will be. In other words, God simply is. God is eternal being itself, pure source of life and love. You know what, Jesus, yet Jesus doesn't say any of these names. Jesus doesn't say any of these names, doesn't use any of them. Not Jehovah, not Elohim, not El Shaddai, not Yahweh. He chooses an intimate name for an intimate God. Abba. A word in Aramaic that simply means daddy. A God who knows us, who loves us, who wants to be in relationship with us. A God who is is nearer to us than our next breath. A God the psalmist says knit us together in our mother's wombs. Because of Jesus and being united to him through faith, we have access to the relationship Jesus shares with his father. That, that, bears, that bears repeating. Because of Jesus and being united to him through faith, we have access to the relationship with the father that Jesus enjoys. We can be in close relationship with creator, almighty, provider, Lord, I am who I am. Jesus says to us, in effect, you can call God the same thing that I do. You can address God as Father. And so when we pray our Father, we move from imagining God as a nice idea to knowing God, an intimate relationship like that between parent and child. 
it's not, it's not a statement of gender. We're naming our home, our relationship. We're confessing that we feel at home with God and trusting that God feels at home with us, that God is not a stranger or an aloof, uninterested, vindictive deity. We're trusting that whatever we say next, our Father listens intently, hears, receives. We're acknowledging our beginning and our ending and where it is and who it's with, naming a love that will never let us go. And if I, as a parent, feel my heart swell in love, hearing my children call Dada or Daddy, can, can you imagine what God feels every time we say our Father? <laughs> as if getting to name the fact that through Christ we're intimate enough to be able to call God our, my, Almighty our Father isn't enough? Think about the other thing we're acknowledging when we say our Father, when we pray that. We're not just naming God. We're naming who we are. We're not just saying something about God's identity. We're saying something about our identity. When my son calls me Dada or Daddy, he's also by default just declared something fundamental about himself. If I'm his daddy, then he's my son. When we say our father, we've also just declared by default something fundamental about ourselves. Actually, everything. Everything. If God is our father, then we are God's children. By becoming human, Jesus became our brother. And if through faith we are sisters and brothers of the Son of God, then we are daughters and sons of the Father. First John says, look what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. Romans 8 says, the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. When Jesus is baptized in the River Jordan, his Father declares, this is my Son, whom I love, I'm well pleased with him. When we're baptized and begin that journey of faith, God claims us, adopts us through grace as beloved children, declaring how much God loves us and how pleased God is with us. Some years when I have the, the opportunity to teach a confirmation class and lead the discussion about baptism, I always begin with the same activity. I'll give the youth uh, a blank index card and, uh, and tell them to use one side of the card to make an ID for themselves, an ID card, just to tell who they are, their identity. And, th- and they usually end up being a, a, a collage of words and, and, and little pictures and images together that reveal things about the youth. And, and we have a lesson about baptism and talk about what it means. And then at the end of the class, I'll tell them to look at the, at the cards and the activity that we did at the beginning of class and to flip them over on the blank side and write down one phrase. Child of God. Child of God. I tell them that they may be some of the things on the other side of that card. They may not be. But there is one identity that transcends, goes deeper, farther, truer than anything they wrote on the front of that card. 
there is one thing we are without question. Children of God. And I've never actually done it. I've thought about it a couple of times, and maybe I'll do it next time. I've thought about having them laminate, like getting those cards laminated and telling them to, to, to hang them or put them in their shower so that every time they're in the water, they'll remember their baptism and who they really are. God's special child. And, and showers and water and baptisms are, are a great reminder of that identity, that fundamental truth about who we are. But you know what? So is our prayer when we say our Father. Because when we pray that, we're naming the truth and reminding ourselves again and again and again which side of the index card is the most important identity marker. If God is our Father, then we are God's children. And so, deeper than occupation, deeper than relationship or family status, deeper than our net worth, deeper than our past regrets or future worries, deeper than our imperfections or our bright spots, deeper than our sufferings or our hardship, deeper than our political allegiances, deeper than our sexual identity or gender or race, we are children of God through grace because of Jesus Christ. And when we pray, our Father... We're naming something deeper, truer, more fundamental than any other identity marker. We are God's children, and we will never, ever be more loved than we are right now. Right now, in this moment, period. That is who we are because of who God is to us. Daddy. Daddy, that, that, that's a name only my boys may call me. It's a unique possession of a particular and special relationship. That familiarity is reserved for them. And yet we are able to call God, maker of heaven and earth, our father? Maker of heaven and earth, pure love, pure being itself, we're able to call God our father? We're able to call God the same thing Jesus does when Jesus shows us, teaches us how to pray. We're able to share in, in that special relationship through Christ. When we pray our Father, we acknowledge both who God is to us fundamentally and who we are to God fundamentally. We're naming a special relationship of loving union. Our Father who art in heaven. Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. And so lately, when it's been time to pray at night, and my boys who call me daddy are in bed, and I, I found that I haven't been saying, share what's on your heart as much. Instead, I've tried to listen with a full heart as sometimes... Uh, when they may not have a unique prayer of their own, I hear their small young voices begin saying, Our Father, who art in heaven. Because you know what? That's just about the best place to begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.